Here we go. There we go. We're back, Victor. Okay. All right. Uh, hi, everybody. This is another round here with uh, Martin Van Popta and me. And uh, we've been going through the scriptures or starting to go through the scriptures. We've only had the one session. We went, uh, we started in the New Testament at uh, Matthew. We read through Matthew 1 and 2. And then we kind of went over it again, didn't we? Do you remember? Oh, no, we, we just went <clears throat> sequentially. Uh, we went through one and two, and we're just on three now. That's all. Yeah. And we hadn't uh, discussed uh, anything in, in, I thought we had discussed something in the chapters one and two as well, some odds and ends. Like, uh, well, maybe, did we discuss Rahab and what was going on there? Yeah, so we oh, haven't done we haven't done that for everybody here. So we can talk. We could even start by reviewing uh, some of the things we talked about in Matthew one and correcting some of those things before we get on to uh, chapter right. three. Okay. Well, then you want to go ahead. Yeah, I can. I can cover one of the things that came up since we did that last video. Um, it was uh, his mother was Rahab, uh, saying saying that of Boaz. And that's not that's not the same Rahab that's spoken about in the story of Joshua defeating Jericho. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a different a different Rahab, and that's proven out if you look it up by the fact that this actual spelling, you know, in English it looks the same, right. but in the original it's different. Right. Um, from all the other references to Rahab and Jericho and her face. And even if you look at the genealogy there listed, right, you That's see that right. it just can't be possible that it's the same Rahab, right? right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's been all this hubbub about how Rahab was a harlot, and and there and, she and, is, and that's the second subject. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, th this one here wasn't Rahab. This isn't the Rahab that's in Jericho that's listed in the ancestry in Matthew, right? But then. During those uh, that little bit of research there, uh, we found a little tidbit that we can just touch on, even though we're not reading in uh, Joshua there. But that that Rahab was she was an innkeeper. She wasn't a prostitute. The word for harlot right. there is referring to innkeeper, right? And uh, and, it, and it totally makes sense because it's like what were what were the honored righteous men of God doing, and what the story is what a prostitute took her in. And so there's kind of this sappy gospel going out there too. Right. That's, that's kind of like, you know, wow, they just, they didn't even have an issue and they went to the, the whorehouse to find refuge, but they wouldn't right. have done something like that. Right. And. Now, and not even accidentally, the Lord wouldn't have taken them there. He took them to the woman who had faith. Right. Exactly. Just like Elijah was sent to, uh, to, to one um, widow and Elisha was sent to one uh, one one person with uh, with your disease. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was only one in each of those cases: the, the the leper and the and the widow. Nowhere else was that were the prophets sent. So the prophets were sent where they needed to go to talk to the person that they needed to talk to. And Rahab was the only one in Jericho that had faith. That's right. And um, um, the other thing is, is that to say that she literally was 
a sinning prostitute. And then suddenly, just because she's like, oh, I know God's with you. Now, suddenly she's part of the tribe of Israel and she's saved without right. any mention of repentance or confession right. of sin or anything like that. Right. And it's just one of these BS stories that gets blended and put together in people's minds where, where, you know, God loves the, loves the sinner, hates the sin. Yeah. And yet there's no mention of the sin. Right. When in reality, it makes a lot, lot more sense that they came in and they found refuge with an innkeeper. Yeah. That's just very sensible. And the historical records. It, it, it makes sense. In, it, it makes sense in every way. Like, for example, there were certain chosen people who were responsible people from mm -hmm. each of the tribes to serve as spies in the land. They had to be they had to be people that were capable, not, uh, ethically, as well as any other way that was necessary. And those were the people chosen out of those tribes out of out of millions of people. Right. So mm -hmm. they would be choosing people that 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 were that had integrity. They weren't going to be some yahoos that they just they were sending in and all right, find out what's out there, see how many grow, grapes are growing and how big mm -hmm. the people are and come back and let us know. It just wasn't that simple. These things were all well planned and they were appointed by the Lord. And mm -hmm. uh, so so there was no chance that they were going to be immoral people, even even though 10 of those spies out of 12 came back with an evil report. Right. But you yeah. wouldn't send people of poor character to make a decision on behalf of your whole nation. Exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. And yet, isn't, it, isn't it ironic how that's what happened, though? Right. <laughs> 10 people came back with a rotten report, but it wasn't based on logic. It wasn't based on anything. Thing like that other than then they had no faith they didn't have the faith that's right that was the problem and faith is the issue through the through the whole bible isn't it just the the, the simple believing yeah and and i can't it, it was like uh, i remember being here at the farm when when things were pretty run down and there weren't very many people and you just you, you mean just before the before the rapid radicalization? Uh... Yes, yes. Well, yeah, technically, okay. uh, technically, it would have been after the rapid radicalization. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just remember always thinking, like, the, the Lord didn't bring us into the wilderness to perish. Everybody goes through the wilderness. Amen. But he doesn't bring you there to perish. And, they, you know, the, the Jews that didn't believe were, you know, what, there weren't enough graves in Egypt. Right. You know, right after all the miracles, everything, they had, they're facing up against the Red Sea, the army's behind them, and they're mocking their savior. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I guess there wasn't enough places to bury us in Egypt. So you just took us out in the desert to kill us here. Yeah. And, you know, blaming Moses after, yep. after the power that God gave Moses to manifest to the nation for their <laughs> salvation. But does, does he suddenly make a fool out of Moses? Moses suddenly lost it, or he mm -hmm. didn't have anything more going for him. That's, that's amazing what unbelief can do to you. It changes you completely. Your perspective is just upside down. The Jews have been a very cynical people, haven't they? They have. Can you imagine thinking that about God? He, he delivers you out of all, and we all do it. I'm not saying, yeah. oh, there's rotten Jews. That's right. But it's just, just, just for, for all of that to take place. And then they're just like, okay, I see what you did here, God. You led us on and delivered us out of there, and you set us up, and 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 but but you only did it to to kill us here. Like it didn't yeah. occur to them that it could have yeah. been another opportunity to manifest his power. Right. It was just right away. Oh yeah, 
it's 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 all been a scam yeah they're just trying to kill us yeah <clears throat> and that's the that's that's what was happening here that unbelief uh <clears throat> you know some something that i'd like to touch on uh in in our studies here is uh the doctrine of uh the total sovereignty of god mm -hmm. he's in charge of every detail how is it that uh, these two spies found found Rahab? How did they right. happen to come to her place, right? How is it that she's, her inn probably wouldn't have been the only inn. How is it that her inn was the one chosen of God and that the men came to, to bring her out, her and her whole household, right? right. Uh, how did that happen? Was it just some kind of virtue or, or strategy on the parts of people in Jericho? Uh, Rahab and especially, or was it the strategy on the part of the spies? It was, it was a sovereign act of God. Mm -hmm. And Jericho was the first city that they were going to, to deal with. That's where the Lord sent the people. That's where he started the takeover of the, of the land of Canaan, right? His sovereignty there, there was a sovereignty. And this was Israel as a nation now. And no longer as a small group of people that first entered Egypt. He, he, he promised Jacob centuries before, don't be afraid to go down into Egypt, for there I will make of you a great nation. Which is what, what happened. Mm -hmm. and, sovereignty. And, and God, used the, God used Egypt without Egypt understanding it or realizing it, I, I gather, uh, to do the job. God right. was in control of both nations. Mm -hmm. All circumstances, the history, the timing, the whole thing. And one thing that you can take for granted reading the story is that, you know, well, okay, so he brought him back from captivity. And you think, okay, well, that's that's his timing and everything. But just stop and I don't know that I can think of any other nation ever that's been taken into captivity even just once that we still know about. And, may, and, and uh, people that was made into a nation. Right. But, and, you know, that's the thing. They're in Egypt and they go in there. The Jews have had this incredible supernatural ability to retain their identity no matter where they are and still be recognizable as a nation because all the other people, it's just some small clan. I mean, I've got extended family, you know, that's the size of what Jacob had going into Egypt. And, uh, and there they went into a nation, just like my grandparents, your grandparents came here. And you have a little clan, and it grows, and it always dissolves into the current system. Right, assimilated. It, right, you're you're Ukrainian, and there's things that come with that, and there's heritage there and similarities. Yeah. But essentially, you're you're not you're not part of some Ukrainian club downtown. Right. There's not that much thought or effort going into it. There is Although, that kind of thing happening, but but not on a on a national basis. Right. A racial, eth ethnical basis. That's right. And the Jews always managed to retain their identity. Yeah. And there they grew to millions of people, and all of them considered themselves Jewish, and all of them spared by God. Yep. He recognized them as a nation, but they also recognized themselves as a nation. Right. And, you know, people have their varying levels of patriotism, but they're not, they're not as nearly as generational as the Jews. It's like next year in Jerusalem, they never lose. They've been hardwired. Yeah. And obviously not every single Jew, but most of them 
identify as Jewish more than any of us identity identifies our ethnicity. Yes, and if the Jews weren't willing to identify themselves as Jews, it, uh, it didn't take long for the world to identify them as Jews. Exactly. And, that, and that's the other thing. It's not, you know, they're, they identify as Jews, but everybody else, like you say, everybody else knows they're Jews. They don't let it go either. That's right. And they don't even, while adamantly denying that they're God's people, they don't realize that they hate them specifically because they're God's people. Yes, that's right. And a lot of the Jews don't like it. They'd rather not be known as Jews. And they really don't have any choice. Isn't that another evidence of God's sovereignty? Right. How does that happen? And everywhere in the world. Right. How does that happen? And, and how do you go into captivity many, many times? Yes. On varying levels. Sometimes captive in your own land. Sometimes dragged off to a foreign land. Yes. Then brought back to your land. Yeah. Then dispersed again. And uh, it's, it's unfathomable that any nation or genetic lineage could survive that kind of that kind of experience it doesn't yeah. it has never happened for any other nation no not so nearly unique. so yes. unique yeah. not nearly yeah. so anyway i think that mostly covers our our edits should, or corrections or whatever i think so that should that should do yeah. for now we could we could go on endlessly really but <laughs> you don't say <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we can start at Matthew 3 here. Yeah. At that time, John the Baptist came to the desert of Judea and started preaching. Okay, and you're using the uh, new, the good news. Good news. Good news Bible. Okay. And I'm just kind of following along with uh, King James here. Yeah. Uh, and started preaching, turn away from your sins, he said, because the kingdom of heaven is near. John was the man the prophet Isaiah was talking about when he said, Someone is shouting in the desert, prepare a way for the Lord, make a straight path for him to travel. John's clothes were made of camel's hair. He wore a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. We should probably stop there. I'm, I know you always comment on that passage. Well, there are a few other things before that that I would like to point out concerning the sovereignty of God and the reconciliation of all things. For sure. The reconciliation of all men. Uh, uh, Somebody that there, there are people who argue, hey, you don't you don't show enough evidence here. You don't have enough scripture, scriptural proof that mm -hmm. uh, that God will save all men. Mm -hmm. Tons of scriptural proof, right from Genesis to the to the end of Revelation. It's all there, all of it. And 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 the the thing is, God needs to give it to you, otherwise you just don't have it. Mm -hmm. so when 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 a man in 1975 first told me about the uh, reconciliation, the doctrine of the reconciliation of all things, he he basically said, "This is the gospel. This is the good news. Mm -hmm. You you people have hope. This all this suffering, all this trouble that's this mm -hmm. happening, is is not for naught. You will be ultimately saved from it. There is mm -hmm. there, there there is a a program." that God has that, that will bring you through the whole thing. That's the good news. Mm -hmm. The good news is not that maybe half of 1% is going to be saved. Yeah, barely. Yeah, barely. That's right. Barely. But, but maybe because they had the good sense to choose the right thing. You know, mm -hmm. where did they get the good sense when Romans 3 
which is quoted from the Old Testament, says that there, there isn't a decent soul alive. There isn't one. Right. Isaiah himself in, in chapter 64, 64, 6, he says, all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. He said, I'm an unclean man in a land of unclean lips. Yeah, and that was in Isaiah 6. And, you know, he included himself. Right. We are all unclean, all of us unclean. There is no righteousness with man. In other words, let's take off the word righteousness and use something else. There is no good thing, no right thing, no decency in any of us, not one. Right. And yet the doctrine that you hear out in the world today, you're worth it. You're worth it. You deserve it. The good, mm -hmm. that is. It's a lie. It's one big lie. And so now you're going to accuse me or us of, uh, of uh, trying to demoralize people. You're not, you're not speaking positively. Uh, that'll never do. That's what they're flooding the internet with now. Mm -hmm. Positivity, positivity, positivity. And yet, and yet, ironically, it's so negative and so evil. There's, there's no evil such as the, the, the kind that come in their own virtue. Right. And uh, e even Alcoholics Anonymous knows that you need, get, you need to get people to be honest, negative about themselves. That's right. Before any chance of improvement can be made. You, you got to get real before you can get saved. That's right. Yeah. You have to be given that calling and that, that ability to confess and be honest. Admit yourself as, as, as somebody that falls short of the glory of God. You exactly. Have, and the only way that can happen is if God begins to show some of his glory to you. Right. That's the only way you're going to know that you fall short. That's well, why that's, Isaiah that's... said what you just quoted. You know, mm -hmm. I am a man of unclean lips, right? Whoa, I'm lost. And, that's the uh, way I uh, felt when God first appeared, appeared to me. That's the way I felt. I just felt totally, totally, totally rotten, just lost. That's why Job repented. Amen. Right? He was like, you know, uh, Elihu got the point across. Yeah. You know, who are you? Are you the one that uh, holds the hailstones up and then delivers them on command? Yeah. Are you the one who has total sovereignty? Yeah. And then Job was kind of like, whoa. Yeah, I'm not worthy. So here's John the Baptist. It says here, in those days uh, came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. How did that happen? Was that something that this character John decided to do? No. If we if we read other parts of the scriptures, we'll find out that John was a man appointed of God. Like if you go to the first chapter of John, right? Mm -hmm. He was he was called uh, upon for his ministry for his duty before God in Israel uh, before he was born, long before he was born. Uh, and Jesus referred to him as as the as uh, Elijah returning, because there was the prophetic utterance that uh, that Elijah would return. This was in what Malachi, mm -hmm. in the Old Testament, four hundred years earlier or so. So so who appointed that? Was it just somebody that decided to do it? People that decided to do it? It was God's sovereignty. Well, and just God, God raised up one man, John the Baptist. He could have raised up a million men. He could have done whatever he wanted. He could have he could have chosen somebody else other than John. His sovereignty is always there, and mm -hmm. it's, it's tied in, Martin, with the reconciliation of all things. Because if he wills that all men should be saved and that none should perish, which is what the scriptures say, then why was he so specially 
why did he so especially represent himself to certain chosen individuals? He could have chosen anybody. And any of those, any of those would then be technically saved, right? But he, did, he didn't. He started where he started. And he is going to finish the job, which he continues to do to, through, through to this day to do what he has to do. But he's sovereign. And, and if there's anything I've learned in life over the past 50 years as a believer, uh, is that there, there are no coincidences, there are no accidents, uh, and there isn't anything that, that happens without the Lord's doing. He engineers everything. Everything, it just right down to the plants and animals, mm -hmm. and birds, everything, minerals, everything. He's in charge of everything. And he has his way. Ultimately, he always has his way. And it often looks like maybe he doesn't have his way. But, right. that you, but, but you don't know what you're looking for. You don't understand. You're it's so like we, limited. We serve a God that never loses. Amen. Amen. And I think, I think that's what people don't. They don't understand in their crappy Christian gospels. That's right. Is that we wor we worship the all powerful God that never loses, not one soul, not one particle, not one person. Doesn't the resurrection of his life by himself from the dead prove that? Right. His defeat over death. Does anybody know anybody or any group of people or whatever that can can defeat death? Right. Single handedly. There's, there's yeah. Yeah. Is there anybody out there that there have been many who have tried to neutralize death, mm -hmm. trying to find a way to live forever? Doesn't work, and it never will work. Doesn't work. Jesus Christ did it, and he's the only one who did it. You have all your other religious leaders, whether it's Muhammad or, or any of them. Doesn't matter who it is. They're and you in know, too. They're in Buddha, Krishna. They're all in their graves. Jesus Christ is the only one. He overcame death. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Sovereign, totally sovereign. You can't do anything against him. You can try, but you won't succeed. I was I was talking to a Dutch reform uh, guy the other day, and we were talking about infinite damnation. And there, there is an eternal judgment, but eternal means completion until complete, not until forever. And so that's why I'm referring to our, you know, we don't agree. We agree, we do agree with eternal judgment, right. but not infinite, not infinite judgment. Right. And the churches preach infinite judgment. And that's just stupid. Yeah. Because first of all, well, Martin, the... excuse me, let me say something. It is not necessarily stupid uh, because once the Lord corrects something, it's corrected and it, it will remain corrected. Right. So you can you can say infinite. Yeah, well, there's but, there's a, but, a goal. But where are you infinite. coming from? Yeah, good will inevitably become infinitely present, but evil will not. Right. Destruction, wrath. It says that death and hell will be thrown into the lake of fire to be no more. Amen. Their purpose and, complete. And the death would be the last enemy to be to be overcome. And once right? it's defeated, it doesn't come back because it's defeated. And if it's the last enemy, there won't be any other enemies. That's right. And uh, so anyway, and I said, well, I said, how much sense does it make? How much sense does it make for God to just 
punish somebody for something forever. I said, what did you think the point of punishment was? Do we have a God that's just so vengeful and maniacal that he, he destroys for pleasure? He says, I don't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. So if he doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked, but he does recognize that it's necessary, then how could he possibly stomach their infinite destruction? He can, he can stomach their temporary destruction as a means to an end. But if he doesn't take any pleasure in the death of the wicked, then why would he kill them infinitely? It just doesn't make any sense. Right. Like you have to make a judgment. You have to make a judgment call. Some people don't need to be here. Some people have to pass on. Yeah. Some people need to start over again. Yeah. And that's fine. But to, to make it an infinite sentence, yeah. it's nonsensical. There's yeah. no possible purpose. And he said to me, and, and it's, it's an amazing thing how little these people know the scriptures while insisting that they know what's in them. Right. He's, he's, it was like a setup. It was like it was like when somebody gives you a softball for you to hit, right? He says, well, uh, if God desired to save everybody, he certainly would. Yeah. And I was like, well, perfect. Because <laughs> it says it's the right good, and ple good and pleasing will of God that all mankind Amen. should be saved and none should perish. Amen. It says right and there, there with his desire. And there are many such scriptures, Martin. Right, just, for not sure. Just, not just one or, one or two proof texts. Totally. But it was uh, it was just funny, right? Well, he could if he wanted to, insinuating that that's that's not really the kind of God we have. We don't have a God that wants to save everybody. And it says right there, what in Peter, we absolutely do have a God that wants to save everybody, and he always gets his way. Yeah. And yeah. if who, and if who can, whose arm isn't shortened, who can who can stop him? Right. And and they're thinking, well, who's who's going to stop him from destroying people forever? But they're they're making a god in their own image. They're making a vengeful god. Yes. And God is vengeful, but for a purpose. They've projected themselves by making exactly. a vengeful god. Yeah. Right. And 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 he is he's he's vengeful, but yeah, like I said, for a, for a purpose. His goal yeah. is to have perfect peace and unity between everybody every person that has ever been installed into their glory serving yeah. him yeah and this lifetime is what does that to us and other lifetimes amen it's it's uh we get brought to that place and and then and then people will say well then what's the point we're all going to yeah. be saved what's the point yeah. in doing the right thing and i'm thinking if if i held you over an open fire but told you that you weren't going to die and you were going to be okay. Would you still be saying there would be no benefit to be lifted off the fire sooner? Do you know what I mean? Like, like what's the point of, what's the point of doing the right thing? If everybody's going to be saved anyway, I don't know, less suffering. <laughs> it's a, there's no perspective. And, and I think that's maybe the biggest problem with the infinite damnation gospel is that it renders all of your thinking stupid you know what i mean like it, it's such a nonsensical insertion into reality it, you don't see it anywhere else yeah. this idea of you know you you light a pile of garbage on fire and it stinks it's awful it's ugly it smokes and then there's no more garbage left and the fire goes out and things are relatively clean and sterile and yeah. and that's it the fire yeah. served its purpose yeah. the whole natural world around us testifies to what's written in the scriptures 
and they and they and they completely ignore it and and like you were saying before they'll they'll search the scriptures looking for salvation or they'll search the scriptures and say show us where the salvation is yeah. show us this and and they and they plainly reject the whole point of the, the bible right jesus taught from nature yes over and over again why would he teach from nature if nature was not an authoritative source for knowledge and understanding yes and that's and that's where you can even look at the indians or the the native americans and uh you know i had i had a native american come to the grocery store the other day and he saw the sign uh the sign the the chalkboard with your quote on it and uh and he was just so happy to see it and he thought he said yeah he says truth is important in it isn't it and he says he says as we as we walk you know we we all want to say that how do you put it? he says we all want to say that we he, we love the truth or that we believe the truth and he says he says but i, I think a man walks and sometimes he's truthful and sometimes he's not and sometimes he's really irresponsible he says but the the battle is just to be honest and not every man is honest all the time and and i thought you know these native americans managed to learn something more substantial about life just by reading nature so to speak than millennia of people have reading the bible all of not creation that they declares his glory. Yeah, and I'm not trying to glorify the Native Americans. They have all kinds of barbaric practices, whatever. Right. But it, it was just there, even without any semblance of Christianity or the Bible, isolated on a continent, creation still testified to them as to what was noble and righteous and true. Yeah. It says that in Romans chapter 1. Exactly. All, all creation bears testimony of him. Yeah, and and then and then like you say though, but now there's a supernatural, infinite, fiery roasting hole that serves no purpose except to just and and why is it is is the whole the whole of the Bible talks about and then my wrath will be satisfied, right? And not until my wrath is is fulfilled, and not until and not until and not until the whole it never says once, and my anger will never be fulfilled. Never. It always That's talks right. about the ugliness that will be necessary to satisfy yeah. it. Yeah. But that there's always an end to his wrath. Yeah. And it's always talking about that. And yeah. after you've suffered this and after you've suffered that, then you will know that I am God. Yeah. Then will I appease my wrath. Yeah. And yet, and yet they still, and that's what we're saying. The whole Bible from front to back tells you about the sovereignty and the mercy of God. Yeah. And yet somehow they read some some God with an insatiable lust for revenge yeah just like oh you're screaming yeah well can't say we didn't warn you right <laughs> yeah yeah how did how did creation start off how did god look at it after what did he say about it when he was done his six days of work they said it was good yeah which means if it starts good it ends good amen what so if, if he knows the causality of every event and what's going to happen and he declares something good and if he knows this thing and therefore knows the outcome of it, then what 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 the hell is so good about billions of people screaming for mercy with no chance for and 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 what are all you Christians doing out there going to your nine to five day job when you've got people that haven't heard the gospel 
Like, why aren't you beating their doors down, telling them all about Jesus Christ? Because if you don't do your Christian duty, they're going to burn forever. Yeah. And, 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 but, oh, no, we're, we're the elect and we're whatever. And, yeah. But it's, it's one of the most, it is probably the most absurd thing that anybody could say about God. And it's also the worst thing that you can possibly use to threaten people into mm -hmm. submission to your kingdom. Mm hmm. It's disgusting. What what can be worse than eternal torment, burning slowly, painfully, with no escape, no hope, no nothing? Can anything be worse? I don't know of anything worse. Just just get and, a candle and hold it to your finger. Sure. Just the you tip of your do. finger. <laughs> and 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 then you're going to accuse God of just tossing all of you into a fire, and and there you stay forever, no hope. That right. that that is the exact opposite of the gospel right that's the you might exact as well be opposite. The... it's not good news as that's you say sure. you might as well do away with this translation <laughs> but maybe it's good for you huh because you 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 were smart enough to take to take mm -hmm. god's god everybody had a choice yeah that's right everybody had a choice right everybody has a choice to make and and he extends his grace to everybody and it's up to us whether or not we're going to receive it and believe on the promises of yeah. the gospel and Blah, 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 up, blah, up blah. To blah. Us. They, they need saving, and yet it's up to them. Right. And yet they know that they're not their saviors. They're, they should know. Right. And yet they declare themselves plainly that they, that they are their saviors because they were smart enough to know better. That's right. To choose. That's right. And everybody else, the multitudes had no idea, and they couldn't care less. And in fact, they chose evil. And that's it. So God just let them go. And, and so you wonder God, what... What they, wouldn't let, do? They, they wouldn't let God save him, save them. Right. right? And so what did were, Pharaoh they, do? They were in the driver's seat. Right. Pharaoh, just that's like, right. Just like Pharaoh was in the driver's seat. That's right. And what yeah. did he do? What did he do to be put in a position, unlike the rest of us, where, where he continually had his heart hardened? And didn't God say, I've, I've, I've raised up Pharaoh, right? For this cause have right. I raised you up, that I might that make I might my glory my... known? Yeah, my power known among the nations. That's exactly what happened. Here we are. Here's the Bible. Here we are talking about these things. It mm -hmm. it started there with the with the nation of Israel, right? Mm -hmm. At that time, the parting of the Red Sea, Moses bringing the people out. That's all history. That's mm -hmm. not myth. It's not fable. Mm -hmm. It's all history. And the and the Lord's been dealing with his people ever since, and he will bring them to a perfect conclusion. Right. And they they have even said that Jews said choose somebody else. I don't want to be chosen. They don't have any right. choice. They don't have any choice. They have a choice, but the choice doesn't count. It only demonstrates that they don't have a free will. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There's a, difference. There's a difference. And they know it. And they know deep it. Da deep down inside every Jew. They may they deny it. There's yeah. no such thing as free will. It's a nonsense. That's right. We're all appointed. I look I look at my life and the bizarre events that you just can hardly believe happened that led to me being here in front of this camera. Amen. Just totally bizarre. There's no reasonable, rational, believable way that it could have happened. For it's sure. just total nonsense. Yeah. And, uh, and I didn't try to do it. That's right. I made, I, I made no effort. I wasn't looking. I had no you have that working in you i can look back and say okay well i guess i thought about things differently or i was seeing this or that but i certainly wasn't 
I, I mostly despised Christians and reluctantly was one of them. Admittedly. Yeah. I was just like, ah, oh. and that was, that was part of my quandary over infinite damnation too. Cause I was like, well, I have this quandary because all the people that I want to sit down and have some coffee with or whatever else they're, they're people who are going to burn in hell, but all these people who are going to be in heaven with me, I can't stand. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, the, the religious people, it's like, I didn't, I would, I would go to church and then all the other Christians there, I would avoid getting invited to any of their houses, nothing. <laughs> I'd sneak out the back door and just be like, okay, I did my thing going to church, but I sure don't want to be part of this society or culture. Yeah. But they were the ones that were saved, and all my, you know, my friend would ask me, "So you, you really think I'm just going to burn in hell forever?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know. Like, I guess I don't feel that way, but I think that's what the Bible says." But I was at a loss. It was like I don't know, I don't know where you're going or where I'm going, but I sure don't like the people who say they're going to be in heaven. Right. And, and 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 that was I was just being honest. I couldn't stand them. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did not want to be around them. And I still. I was still talking to people about God and the meaning of life and spiritual matters. Uh, not obviously from the same perspective that I can now, but it's, it wasn't as though I didn't want anything to do with God or didn't want to talk about him or didn't right. want to talk about the Bible. I still cared right. about all that stuff, Yeah, but I didn't want to have any conversation with a nominal Christian about it because it was yeah. just the same boring claptrap all over again. Yeah, and And when I heard about the, the gospel of the reconciliation of all things. It was like, it was such a relief. I was so straining against that unreality for so long that when it came, it was good news. Good news. It was amazing news. I was so happy. I was just filled with joy when I heard that because it finally had that relief from this stupid doctrine that, that confuses everything in life. Like just how good do you have to be, by the way, to go to heaven? Where's the cutoff point? If it's just a two destination thing, I always wondered that I'm going to church and I'm like, seriously, that woman over there, the way she treats people, the way she's looking at people right now, she's going to be in heaven because she knows some doctrine. Like, I don't want to be there with her. Do we get different rooms? And and yeah. just how good you have, is it a doctrinal thing? Do you have to believe enough right doctrines and which doctrines are deal breakers? Which right. doctrines are salvation issues? Right. Yeah. And and is it the doctrine or is it your life? Is it your charity? Is it your mercy? Which one is it? Because apparently the people who have consideration for people and do good things for them, but don't have the right doctrine are going to burn in hell. But yeah. the people who have the right doctrine that are just being a bunch of selfish jerks, apparently they're going to be saved. Or is there a balance? Is there a point system? How does it work? Yeah. It's just so crazy. Yeah. And then you get rid of it and then you're like, oh, everything makes sense now. Heaven and yeah. hell are an internal state. Yeah. And and you're either in heaven or in hell based on your belief or unbelief. Yeah. And that's really all it is. Yeah. You know, I will keep him at perfect peace whose eyes are stayed on me. Yeah. 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 That's heaven. That's heaven. Yeah. And that's where he's going to bring everybody. That's the blessed hope. Right. Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the blessed hope. You see, everybody, Martin gets his milk again. I don't have any. He even gets cookies. If you were. Oh, well. Oh, well. 
I didn't even show off the cookies yet. You gave them away. <laughs> Where are we here? So I was talking about John the Baptist not being raised up by the will of man, neither <laughs> the will of the flesh, but by the will of God. And God can do that anywhere at any time. This is the way he did it. If he's a good God, you know that, that good will come of it. If it's a bad God, you, you really don't know. And you can be pretty, pretty certain that it's not going to be good in the end. And you see the pattern. He comes by way of unimpressive means. That's that right. Just that cannot be worshipped. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's yeah. so that only he gets worshipped. So you're asking where we are. We're three verses in, Victor. We're really, uh, we're really zooming through. <laughs> we're we're moving on. Okay. So four, John three four. John's clothes were made of camel's hair. He wore a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Right. And so. The locust thing. The locust thing. There was a, when we were in Israel in 1979, uh, there was a, a lady that one of the members of the kibbutz that we were at, she comes up to me. I think she was a member. doesn't matter. And she, uh, I was, no, this was at Revavim because Revavim had, had carob trees. And uh, I was helping myself to some carob, carob pod. It tastes a little bit like chocolate. A bit on the sweet side, it's tasty stuff, right off the tree. Uh, and she says, you know this? She says, you know what it's called? She says, and she it was broken English. She says, it's St. John's bread. That's what they call the carob, St. John's bread. And I thought, hmm, what's that all about? And then I remembered during that time sometime where you would take a cottage cheese container and what do they have on it? What do you, what do you call the one? Of locust the bean gum. Yeah. Locust bean gum. Or carob gum. Yeah. That's right. And they've been preaching that those locusts were the, the insect. Which were clean, technically. Yes, they were. They were edible. Not that we should give the uh, WEF any, uh, any ideas, right? With their right. crickets and what have you, uh, and getting people to eat insects and even themselves. Um, but there, there was there was that testimony there in 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 commerce that there there is this word locust and it means something other than an insect, right? And uh, it was it was a product of the carob that they were using. So uh, I remembered that and it's. The pieces came together and I realized John was eating carob. <clears throat> now, if he had been eating locusts, if that was his main, one of his mainstay foods, um, you know, and they come, they come in swarms, they come and they go, mm -hmm, they may be mm -hmm. gone for years or whatever mm -hmm. else. What did John have a fridge somewhere? And so they talk about, they talk about intermittent fasting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I no kill kidding. a fly here. <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding intermittent fasting no so, so it, it's foolishness it really is foolishness and there's so many things in the translations that get lost uh or are perverted uh, and people say well oh, it's the perfect word of god the king james is the perfect word of god god knows how to keep his word he mm -hmm. he, he knows how it's going to be preserved he preserves it for our sakes but you know what God allows these things. These He lets these things. By His sovereignty, uh, you can ultimately let the buck stop with Him. He 
puts those things in there to test you. Mm -hmm. To test you. And 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 you're gonna you're gonna have to work through these things. Are you gonna be a psychophant for your pastor, for your denomination, for your church, for your system of belief? Uh, are you going to search out the truth? Are you going to find out what is true? Is God going to share this with you? And he's, is he going to demonstrate to you that only by his sovereign grace, like there was a lady pointing something out to me there in Israel, mm -hmm. right? 43 years ago. Uh, is he going to do that? Uh, are you going to find your way? You have to be tried. You have to go through the trials. You have to go through all the uh, experiences. You have to learn. And, and, and the Lord doesn't make it easy for you. The learning process is set up as is necessary. Mm -hmm. And you can't be an idolater of the Bible anymore. If you're going to believe the truth, you can no longer be an idolater of anything, obviously, but not even the Bible. And God will see, see to it. He'll prove to you that it's not enough for you to approach the Bible with your intellect. And that goes for the doctrine of the reconciliation of all things. I couldn't see it anywhere, Martin, in the Bible. I couldn't see it. I saw some verses here and there, but then there was a, a rationalization that went with it. Uh, you could explain it away somehow, right? But when the Lord opens your eyes, that reconciliation of all things, of all men, where he, where he reconciles all, uh, all things to himself, is, is from the beginning to the very end. Mm -hmm. it's, it's throughout all of the scriptures. And here it's we are reason. teaching... Here we are speaking on, on Matthew 3. It's there. Anywhere you go, it's there. It's there. It's there. And wherever you find eternal torment or everlasting torment, right, uh, where somebody will be burned forever and ever in the lake of fire, he, he, those words are perverted. Mm -hmm. It's not because the Bible is at fault. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the translators and it's the uh, doctrinal people who will put it in there. Like King James tried to work with, uh, with all the religious people in, in, uh, in England back in, in the early 1600s uh, because he wanted unity. And that's what any sovereign would like to see under his, he wants everything under his control or unified as long as he's at the top. That's fine, right? Well, peace is the cheapest option. It is. Now, maybe there's there are some people who couldn't care less about peace. Uh, we've we've known those kind of people, too. And there are all kinds of people, but they're there for a purpose as well. But there they were in the scriptures trying to modify the scriptures to satisfy everybody. And the Catholic Church, which uh, at that time was also became, had become the Anglican Church, right, under Henry VIII. Um, they were teaching the doctrine of eternal torment. Right? James didn't want to upset the apple cart. He tried to form a, a, a scripture that was true, and yet it satisfied people, and you could interpret it either way. Mm -hmm. He was taking the middle road. And that's what men often do. That's, that's their agenda. Mm -hmm. Men don't choose the right. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. <coughs> that's what Isaiah said. Right. There they are. Um, and it's a, ultimately it's your heart that translates the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. You see the, the, the expression, you, you, you see what you want to see. Ultimately you, the Lord changes your heart 
and then you stop you stop being okay with serving a god that could possibly destroy people infinitely you know what i'm saying yeah like you you he he brings you through things and then you get you get he softens you he takes out your heart of stone and he puts in a heart of flesh yeah and 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 were you worshiping him were you uh was he your true god when you were living out of fear as a catholic i lived out of fear i didn't right. want to burn forever and when the lord appeared to me in that in that dream in in 72 uh i was just shaken to the core i've never been so frightened because there he was and i knew i wasn't ready for him and the catholic church teaches and the <clears throat> anglican church as i pointed out under king james they taught the same thing you either shape up or or you burn forever mm -hmm. and there's only a limited time you know you're going to die one of these days or jesus christ might come which is mm -hmm. what happened there in the dream and if either of those events happen and you have mortal sin on your soul you're toast you're finished <clears throat> at that, that that is the threat that men's kingdoms have have imposed on society on, on the people to keep them in line for their own purposes it's character assassination of mm -hmm. the first order of god mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's the worst thing you can say about him totally yeah because it's it, he he literally created heaven and earth to demonstrate that his character is the exact opposite of that accusation yeah yeah here here's another uh false accusation of god that i'm going to be bringing about here or bringing forth uh people have asked how how horrible the situation is in north korea the north koreans starving to death and the odd one gets out and reports what's going on there and it's horrible it's an absolute 24 7 nightmare okay and it's been going since what uh 1950 51 52 when the two korean nations uh one korean nation broke into two right north and south but north korea has been kept in this state and they've been there for at least 70 years that way and people are asking why 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 are those people why doesn't somebody help it doesn't somebody deliver them and we've learned over the years that it's god's uh, sovereign judgment over all nations he raises up nations he brings them down he raises up rulers he brings them down why didn't he why hasn't he redeemed korea why is it so horrible there and we were reading a book that a neighbor had had lent us uh, a story of, of a korean who escaped right and i think the story was in there where somebody once stated that koreans believe that they are the descendants of they are the uh, um, result of god mating with a bear and that's how koreans were were born that's how koreans were formed as a nation god had relations with a bear it's like to have the 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 deity of god with the 
great carnal power of a bear and they take it upon themselves as an identity of 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 both yeah godhood and strength and god condemned bestiality right and there they are there they are representing him and accusing him of bestiality tell me that kind of judgment on those korean people isn't deserving isn't isn't due due to them for that kind of uh, accusation of God. They have to, as a people, come to the realization that that is a horrible, 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 horrible lie. Mm -hmm. They have to realize that is the source of their suffering, right there. Mm -hmm. And if and if any Korean hears this and can pass it on, go for it. But that's that was the truth. It hit me. They're accusing him of bestiality, one of the worst sins possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, we hear about that now. It's all going lawless everywhere. People are doing that kind of thing everywhere. It's not just Koreans, right? And when they realize that and grievously uh, admit it, acknowledge it, and repent of it, God will bring them out. Mm-hmm as a nation individuals he'll bring an individual out of there if an individual comes to that realization yeah all right so the rulers have everything all locked down horribly so um inescapable but i don't care who you are if you turn to the lord jesus christ i don't care where you are i don't care how impossible your circumstances are i don't care it doesn't matter he can deliver if the transformation in the heart the will comes along. It's because God has determined to save that person and you will have redemption no matter who's got the chains on you or how may, however many chains, how many locks and cells and whatever else. It won't matter. God will deliver you. He did. He's done that throughout all of history with individuals and nations. He can do it. There is hope for the Koreans, but there's the cause of their, of their plight. There's, there's the cause of their destruction their judgment Mm -hmm. right there in a nutshell Mm -hmm. most people don't know that i never knew that right yeah he's got he's got his sovereignty he measures everything out yeah and you don't get and you don't get away with talking about him that way and neither do the religious people accusing him of being a unsatisfiable bloodthirsty vengeful serial killer yeah for sure but subjecting you to eternal torment I, I, I walked with that. We've had many people come to us at the Path of Truth and, and talk about that. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a guy that's just recently writing into the Path of Truth. Right. And he's up to no good. And we mm-hmm. see that. And we know that. The, guy, the guy's a liar and a cheat. He's, gonna, he's looking for trouble. Well, mm-hmm. he'll have his trouble. Mm-hmm. No problem. No problem. No problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, But it bothered me. It, it troubled me all my life. And, and I know so many others that this doctrine of eternal torment troubled. And there are many people probably in this guy's denomination that preach the same thing and are troubled in the same way. Just to declare, hey, you know, if everybody's going to be saved, that, that's, that's pretty good. That's really good news. And they're, they're assuming that I'm saying that they will just walk into heaven. Right. Free, free of charge. No problem. <laughs> Whereas we had to be so good and we had to be so religious. We had to go to church and we had to know the doctrines and, 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 and whatever else 
in order to get there. And these guys are just going to walk in for nothing. It's just like the people coming across the southern border border from, from right. South America, walking in what without without any vaccinations, without any passport, without totally illegally. And they're they're going to just become U.S. citizens. And Joe Biden is giving them all the goodies that, that comes with citizenship. And and they're they're thinking that I'm preaching that we are going to that that they're going to be all those people, those wicked people, are going to get into heaven scot free. I'm mm -hmm. not preaching any such thing. Mm -hmm. and all will have to go through the fire. It says every man will be salted with fire. Mm -hmm. And if you want to live live a rotten life, a self righteous life. Uh, we'll just need a little more fire. That's all. Totally. And and the funny thing is, the funny thing is, is that ironically, while they accuse you of preaching a free salvation, and they believe they're the ones who have to work for theirs, right? They're they're the ones doing nothing related to being Christian That's and right. expecting to get in just because they're elect, doing nothing. They and we're the ones. Nothing but the grace, only grace, grace right. Alone. Right, and so they're they're literally guilty of the very thing they're accusing of because you're Amen. they're saying to you, oh, you're preaching a, a for free salvation, and yeah. and 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 we know that you have to live a this and that life to be saved. But then yeah. when it gets down to it, and you address them on the details of their life and the way they're acting, and they're like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. we get in for free, we get in for free. Yeah. Why are you being such a legalist? Why are you yeah. preaching such strict standards? Exactly. And so they accuse you of, of letting everyone in for free and being too strict at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. totally stupid. Yeah, it is. It is. It totally is. stupid. Confusion. Confusion. Babylon. And that's Confusion. what Jesus was saying. If I, if I, if I don't eat and drink, right, then I'm a, I'm a madman. But well, if I it, do. If John, the, John the Baptist comes eating and drinking and you say that he has uh, a devil. Right. No, I'm sorry. No, that's not what it is. Uh, can't remember. Doesn't he say if, if I came eating and drinking, you'd you'd say this? But then if uh, but if I do eat and drink, oh, yeah. then I'm a glutton. A glutton and a, and a yeah. Wine bibber or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. In other words, you can't you can't win with. They were people. they they were accusing John of having a devil. Right. Right. Because he neither ate nor drank. Right. But Jesus comes eating and drinking. He said. And you say he's a wine, wine bibber and a glutton. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't matter what you do. The wicked people who want to have their doctrine, that want to have their way, they're going to accuse you of anything and they'll find a way. They always and they have, do. And they'll use the scriptures. And they have no conscience about contradicting themselves even in the same sentence. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's right. The, yeah. the mystery of iniquity. But you know, Victor, we haven't made it to uh, verse five yet. And uh, we're supposed to be on some semblance of a schedule here, but I think right. we still have some time to work with. So let's go for it. Let's keep going. People came to him from Jerusalem, from the whole province of Judea, and from all over the Jordan, near the Jordan River. They confessed their sins, and he baptized them in the Jordan. Right. When John saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to him to be baptized, he said to them, you snakes, who told you that you could escape from the punishment God is about to send? Which is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. <laughs> because they weren't in any way coming to repent. But there he is saying to them, oh, 
are, are you going to repent too? Who gave you the heads up that you could come here and repent? Mm-hmm. How'd you hear about this? Yeah. He knew very well they had nothing to repent of or confess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he says, who, who warned you to flee the coming wrath of God? Do those things that will show that you have turned from your sins. In other words, you know, just show us the goods. Yeah. And, and I don't that there be and, fruits. And I don't believe that they were coming confessing their sins. And John was saying, "Hey, prove to us." He was he was just basically like, "Yeah, why don't you why don't you show us what your sins are and how you've yeah. repented of them?" They had no interest in confessing their sin, right? Unless they That's were right. dramatically different from the religious people of today, and they're not. That's right. No it's the same people, same yeah. people, E-Free Church in Lethbridge, nice people, lots of charitable works, all that. Yeah. The, the Pharisees and Sadducees had that stuff in droves. They yeah. were the best. They did. That's right. They, did. they were they just had... as good as good can get. I bet you there aren't a whole lot of people at the E-Free Church who fast. Not that I could For ever example. remember or hear about. And, and yet you, you heard. And the fasting is mentioned entirely in the scriptures. Everywhere, right. from front to back. And... There, there they were, fasting. The Pharisees were fasting. They were tithing. They were praying. They were doing great works, witnessing mm-hmm. to people. Were they not? Mm-hmm. It all happened. Mm-hmm. So they, they were living better lives, according mm-hmm. to some standards, than the E-Free Church or the Reformed well, Churches. Or, Jesus, or, 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 Jesus said, do as they say. But not as they do. Right. But I couldn't say of the people that go to the E-Free Church, do as they say. True. I couldn't say that. Guy was telling you salt was bad for you. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was that was something. Yeah. And don't think you can escape punishment by just saying that Abraham is your ancestor. Excuse me, Martin. Mm-hmm. Just let me be a little bit silly and cynical here. But if, oh, go for if, it. If salt's not good for you, and you're supposed to be the salt of the earth, does that make any sense? You're supposed well, to be bad. They, they're, they're they're preaching you that you should be bad. That's that's exactly what he was saying. He says, you ever wonder why God compares us to the salt of the earth when salt is so bad for you? Yeah. And then he proceeded to try and eke a completely ridiculous sermon out of that contradiction. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm in the wrong building. We should leave and never come back. <laughs> and that's essentially what we did. We left and we never came back. <laughs> yeah. That was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. Yeah. Many other and things. It- because because they presume to be speaking by inspiration from the Holy Spirit. They do. That's right. They absolutely do. That's why otherwise they can't really argue that you have to be there listening to them. Otherwise, it's some guy in his opinions. Yeah. But they they without getting too without getting too mushy about it, without getting too religious about it, they do well. You know, the we hear the word of God. We hear the word of God through the reading of the scriptures. And the preaching of his word. So they they are saying that you are hearing the words of God. Yeah. When you go and hear the preaching of the word. And that's yeah. why you have to go to church. Because you have to hear the preaching of the word. Yeah. Because that's how we hear God's voice. So you yeah. can't argue the fact that they're saying. They're speaking by inspiration from the Holy Spirit. Sure. And, then, and then I went up there. And I'm like. But wait. You're just making up a sermon based on some ridiculous lie that medical doctors are teaching. Something totally stupid. You're not writing, you're not delivering this message based on the scriptures. You're delivering this message based on Satan's BS. Yeah. 
and I and and Jeannie and I were just horrified. Yeah. And mostly, we had already been leaning in the direction of wanting to leave, and then we heard that, and we were like, yeah. "We got to get out of here." Yeah. And he was he was confessing to the whole congregation, Steve Bateman at the Free Church, confessing to the whole congregation that he was afraid. He, I have to admit, I'm afraid that my wife might get cancer. I live with that fear all the time, and I'm thinking, "Fear the Lord your God, and the Lord your God only." Isn't that how we started this sermon? The reading of the yeah. Ten Commandments. Yeah. It's total contradiction. All total the way. contradiction. And we yeah. thought, well, why wouldn't you just no, live properly? No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Right. right? Then will I heal them None and of, I will heal their land. None of these diseases will I lay right. on you that I laid on the Egyptians if you will obey my commands. Correct. It's all there. Mm -hmm. And they say we preach nothing but the Bible. They preach nothing but the distortions in their minds, mm -hmm. their, 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 their confusion of mm -hmm. what the Bible has to say, but they're not preaching the Bible. And they preach from all kinds of commentaries. They, pre they, they preach from medical doctrines. They preach yes. from opinion. They preach yes. from pop culture. They preach from historical context and research. They preach right. from archaeology, but they right. do not preach from the word of God. They have they no idea what's written in the book. Martin, they do not preach from God. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Of whom the scriptures testify. Right. And the salt, the, the thing of the salt there, too, there's a little bit of truth there, too. You know, like the stuff that they have there now is, what, 100% sodium chloride? Mm -hmm. Industrial waste. Mm -hmm. And that's what people are putting in their food. The doctors may be right when, when they're saying that some of that is going to cause health problems. They're right. Certainly. But that's a perverted salt, just like these people are perverting the scriptures. Totally. totally. Everything, everything, everything is distorted. It's, it's destroyed. And God mm -hmm. is here to redeem everything, to reconcile all things to himself. Now, when he says he's going to reconcile all things to himself, does that mean that uh, sodium chloride is going to be good from now on? We're talking about the, the uh, reconstituted, reformed, regenerated, uh, totally, made you, totally made you. Yes, it won't be the same. It'll be destroyed forever. There will be that everlasting. It will be gone the way it's been, mm -hmm. but now it'll be in the new form that will always be there. That's right. So he says, I tell you that God can take rocks and make descendants for Abraham. In other words, you think you're so you think you're so precious because of a, a DNA, a cultural heritage? Yeah. You think you're so yeah. special because you grew up in the church? We are the seed of Abraham. Yeah, we're covenant children. That's what yeah. that's the reform tale. Oh, we're covenant children born into God's covenant church. And yeah. we're special. Yeah. We're special. And yeah. and John the Baptist is like, make them out of the rocks. You you're not that special. Yeah. Yeah. You're just people and you're falling short. That's what he says here. The axe is ready to cut down the tree at the roots. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Yeah. In other words, it doesn't matter if you're seed of Abraham. It doesn't matter you go to church. Show me the goods. Show me what you got. Amen. Go to the orchard. Fruit. You're picking fruit, and you're like, this is awful. And it's awful every year. We could plant a good tree here. Yeah. You're wasting space, and there's only so much land. That's right. I baptize, you, I baptize you with water to show you, show that you have repented. But the one who will come after me, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And with fire. And with fire. That's, that's how everybody comes in. It's through fire. There's no other way. So I'm not preaching free salvation. 
free, they say, oh well, yeah, salvation is free. Christ died for us all. They have to come through the fire. Mm-hmm. They have to be brought through the fire. It, you know, it's only free because it costs you something worthless. Uh, yeah. Which is not free at all. Huh. Well, sure it is. It's like, it costs you your life, but your life isn't worth anything. What if yeah. you had a crappy car in the driveway and I was your rich neighbor and I was tired of looking at your car that didn't run? And I was like, well, here's the thing. I got this new car, but we're going to have to get rid of that one. Mm-hmm. You can't keep that piece of crap in your driveway. Mm-hmm. I'm getting you a new car. You understand me? Mm-hmm. Do away with your sentiments. Right. It's not going to cost you anything. All it does is cost you this worthless hunk of junk. That's right. That's taking up space in your drive. So it is free because yeah. you didn't pay for any of it because you didn't have yeah. anything to offer. It is yeah. free. It cost you, you what was costing you. Exactly. It only cost you what was costing you. Yeah. It only cost you your rust bucket Yeah. that runs for two seconds and is broken for 10 days and cost you more parts and repairs. And yeah. the religious people, the religious people are like, we can fix it. We can fix it. Reminds me of right. that madman who was trying to help me fix my truck the one time. Right. Right. <laughs> I can fix anything. Two and a half hours later in the pouring rain, <laughs> soaking wet, still fasting, <laughs> half starved to death. <laughs> I call the tow truck. He's there a couple minutes later. Right. That's the religious. That's the religious man flexing yeah. his muscles. We can fix sure. anything. Sure. I got a program for you. I've got a. I've got a three-day men's retreat for you. I got a Bible study for you. I got a prayer meeting for you. I got a choir for you. We'll get you fixed straight up. Yeah. We'll fix that car. And God's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Just just let go of the car. It's a piece of crap. Yeah. It's never going to run right. It's done. Right. Beyond economical repair. I got a freebie for you. Yeah. I don't care if that's the one you've been driving since high school. Put away your sentiments. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. It is free. Yeah. It just well, it just costs you costs you your sentiments, your attachments. Sure. People would say to me, Victor, you believe what you want to believe. And I would, right. I would I would reply and say, No, that's not true. I didn't wanna I believed what I wanted to believe, but I had mm-hmm. to put that away and believe what I came to know to be true. I had right. to let go of, of those false right. beliefs. So it did cost me that. Right. But it turned out not to be a cost at all. It was like I, I've often illustrated salvation. I thought I thought I was paying a million dollars for a peanut. Right. And it was the opposite. The Lord was <laughs> trying this peanut out of my hand and putting a million dollars in into it instead. And the peanut was stale and probably not salted very well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and if it was salted, it was industrial toxic waste. <laughs> yeah, it was sodium chloride. Yeah. Um uh, okay, I baptize. Yeah, um, just start or, or finish. Uh, whose fan is in his hand? That verse and chapter thirteen or verse thirteen starts off on another little subject, and we can, if you want to. Um, I think I got a little bit of time because I'm afraid. Yeah, I do. I'm afraid that I'm going to forget something that I've considered about verse thirteen. The next time we do this. Okay. So I'll we'll just. Uh, so he says, "I yeah, he is much greater than I am, and I'm not good enough even to carry his sandals. He has his winnowing shovel with him to thresh out all the grain. He will gather his wheat into his barn, but he will burn the chaff in a fire that never goes out." Yeah. And uh, and and even there, even there, we're talking about a a translation insinuation there. 
Well, because what it's, fire, it's, I, I, Martin? What fire goes out without without uh, uh, running out of fuel? Exactly. I'm sorry. There is no such thing as a fire continuing without the fuel. Exactly. Right? When that when the job is done, the fire's out. It's gone. It's finished. It served its purpose. It burns the garbage. That's right. It it yeah. it it yeah. It's unquenchable only in that it will do its job. Yes. It's, it's not like if, stop until the job is done. If I told you it was an unquenchable fire that took the house right next door to us, which actually happened. House right down the road here, burned to the ground. Yeah. They tried to quench it, but it turns out that fire was unquenchable. Right now a new house is being built. There's no fire. Yeah. The fire That's burned right. up the old house. That's right. Now there's a new house being built. To be replaced with a new. That's the right. fire was unquenchable. Nobody could yeah. put it out. But that yeah. does not mean that it burns for zillions and trillions and billions of years. It's absurd. Well, there's nothing in nature that teaches that kind of thing. That's Jesus, right. I, I don't know that I finished. Jesus taught from nature. Yeah, I did finish. Jesus taught from nature. Nature is authoritative. It's true. It's trustworthy. And you don't find any um, any 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 such things as this, like a three-headed monster or whatever else in in, in nature, right. you don't find fire that never, 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 never goes out. That's you right. Don't find that. It you, says you in Ecclesiastes, only... a time for everything. A Amen. time for this and a time for that. A time for yeah. this, time yeah. for that, a time yeah. for this, a time for that. And these people are preaching, well, there's only a time for destruction and there will never be a time for regeneration after that. That's right. It's only one time. Oh, but that, you know, you're talking about earth and heaven, two different things. And they're not. Right? They're not. Any more it, than your spirit and your soul are so much different. You try and one. divide them. Yeah. yeah. So uh, then the baptism of Jesus. And there's, he says, at that time, Jesus arrived from Galilee and came to John, to Jordan, to be baptized by him. But John tried to make him change his mind. I ought to be baptized by you, and yet you have come to me? Jesus answered him, let it be so for now, for in this way we shall do all that God requires. So John agreed. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. Then heaven was opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and lighting on him. Then a voice said from heaven, This is my own dear Son, with whom I am pleased. And there's two, two things in this scripture. First of all, people believe that this is when Jesus received the Holy Spirit, which is silly. Born. He was born of the Holy Spirit. Um, exactly. He was born the Holy of the, Spirit he always had, his Father. Right? Exactly. You don't you don't need to receive it. You're born with it. Yeah. Um, and so it was simply the Spirit of God testifying that he was pleased with Jesus Christ's obedience. Yeah. And and, it, and it, it seemed like such an empty thing to me for so long because he just goes there and it's like, all right, so you go down and you get dunked. What's the big deal? He didn't really have any sins to confess. It wouldn't have been that difficult. But then right. Right. then there's all these people watching. Why else would you go down and be baptized by John the Baptist unless you were guilty? And right at the beginning of his ministry, before the rest of anything he does is mentioned, he's already assuming the guilt of the people. Yes. He's already going down there and identifying with the people. He's not like, okay, yeah, well, you sinners can go get baptized. But I haven't sinned, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. He put away all his virtue. Right off the bat, yeah. and visibly manifested himself. And John's even saying, "Like, what do you mean I'm going to baptize you?" And yeah. Jesus took on that shame 
of because I mean, you know, it's not like it's a shameful thing to be baptized, but in a certain sense, you're admitting your guilt. That's right. You don't you don't go and your need your need before God. That's right. You're acknowledging your need before God to be washed. Yeah. And he assumed the guilt of the people. And in front of everybody, they didn't know his background. Uh, what they thought of him was that he was born of an illegitimate marriage. Right. And now he's going down there and getting baptized. Yeah. He didn't he didn't try to teach or preach his virtue. He didn't try to show himself off as the better man that he truly was. Right. He didn't he didn't make a single division between him and the rest of these people who had to go down there. Yeah. He assumed Amen. the guilt of the people. He took that sin. Yeah. This is at the very beginning of his ministry, he bore the sin and guilt of the people. Yeah. And it was it was a foretaste of the complete obedience that takes place at his death. But right at the beginning, the the spirit of God is saying, "This is my dear son with whom I am pleased," because he's already entering into that that willingness to be blamed. And that was his calling. Yeah. His calling was to take on the blame. Yeah. Amen. That's what it was all about. So anyway, that, that just that was something that occurred to me a while back reading about that. Okay. That there was a lot more going on there. Yeah. And just a little sign and seal. He got baptized and the reformed people, oh, that's why we baptized, blah, blah, blah. It was it was a it was a difficult thing to do. It wasn't an easy thing to do. It's not easy for man carrying your flesh around to lay all of that aside. Mm-hmm. And be seen as guilty when you're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not easy. And if he could do it when he wasn't guilty, then we certainly have the power to do it when we are guilty. Obviously not of our own strength, but if if he if if the Holy Spirit the the power of Jesus Christ was powerful enough to admit to wrong in a manner of speaking be seen as wrong even though he wasn't then by that Spirit do we not have the power to admit that we're wrong when we clearly are? Yeah. Yes, the sovereignty of God, the reconciliation of uh, of all things by mm-hmm. God. All these scriptures bear witness to that to those backbone doctrines. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all one. It's all one. And God is going to redeem all all men. And, and how worthless is His humiliation? A whole lifetime of humiliation. Yeah. It would have been humbling to live a good life where where he it would have been humbling just to live an average life on us, laying mm-hmm. aside his glories. Yeah. Yeah. But but above and beyond that, he was he was hated, despised, yeah. abused, yeah. yeah, didn't get any honor coming to him for what he was doing. Nothing. Zero. That's right. That's right. And but he had he had the commendation of his father. Well, he, he even he even suffered false honor. Right. Yeah, exactly. Lip service. Lip service. In vain right. they worship me with their lips, but their hearts right. are far from me. Exactly. That's, that's as hard, I think, to suffer as almost anything. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. horrible. Well, you know, when they were all bowing down and, and all the palm branches going down and he knew their hearts. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that changed very quickly. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, and, and all of this suffering that he experienced, we're supposed to believe that it was only really worthy. It was only really valuable enough. It could only be exchanged for a limited amount of lives. Right. The humiliation and death of Jesus Christ, the ultimate perfect blameless sacrifice, only had enough trade-in value for like right. 0.05% of the people. How cheap is his blood anyway? No kidding. How valueless. No wonder they trample on it continually. They hardly yeah. believe it's worth anything. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Total contradiction. The lies. Mm -hmm. Religion. Total contradiction. No wonder the Lord told me back in 76, get out of there and stay out mm -hmm. of there. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a sewer. Absolutely. Continually. Yeah. It, well, it is the lip service you're just talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've done uh, chapter three of Matthew and covered, covered a fair bit of ground. Pretty serious ground for people that uh, are given to, to hear it. Right? They have to be given for sure, but the Lord Lord saves one here and one there. One is taken, one is left, and it, the, the whole process keeps going. Eventually, he will gather all things to himself. He will redeem all things. That's, that's, that's the testimony of the scriptures. And nothing makes sense outside of that, Martin. Right. Nothing makes any sense outside of that. In fact, in fact if you start to examine more closely these doctrines in the churches, you, you realize, like you've been pointing out, just how stupid they are. Mm -hmm. Completely so. Bizarre. Totally it, it leaves you retarded because you it have. Does. It's like you've got you've got a pair of glasses on, and one of them is blanked out. But you you don't know that you've lost all perspective. You don't know that you've lost all depth perception. Right. You think you think you still have it, but you don't. Yeah. And it's 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 just totally confusing. You're trying to make sense of and you don't realize that it's your lens for looking at everything. You can't help but a liar so comes it, along and tells you something that is not. Right. And you believe him. And then from there you because try to make you're sense a liar. of the world. That's why you believe the lie. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're not being realistic. Don't go blaming the devil on it like Flip Wilson used to do back in the sixties. The devil made me do it. Right. right. Uh, you're responsible, and then and then there's the other excuse. Well, yeah, my flesh. I've got to. I've got to kill my flesh. I've got to crucify my flesh. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, who's the flesh? It's you. Right. And right? If, if that if that guy's such a rotten son of a bitch that you blame him for everything, then why are you so upset when when God tries to come and kill him? Yeah. <laughs> What's the big deal? You don't like him? What's the big deal? It's almost like these spouses that will fight and call the police. Yeah. You know? And the police comes to arrest the, the offender that's getting blamed for the conflict. Yeah. And then and then pretty soon they're getting their back jumped on by the person who called. Yeah. And that's these religious people. They oh my yeah. flesh, oh my flesh. And you're like, Well, hey, yeah. here's a few things we can do to do away with your flesh. Yeah. I have a plan. And they're like, Whoa, wait a second. He's that's my me buddy. you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. 
this is personal. What do you mean? I didn't mean those things I said about him. He's all right. <laughs> Not as bad as you're saying he is anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. Rotten yeah. enough to blame, but not rotten enough to kill, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they, they fight tooth and nail to preserve themselves. Mm-hmm. Do anything to save themselves. We're all there. Amen. We've all been there. All guilty. Mm-hmm. All guilty. So we can be thankful for what the Lord's done for us and hopeful we have true hope that we'll be able to bring this the good news to others let them hear it mm-hmm. and then let them go through the process right exercising choice and they'll be exercising wrong choices mm-hmm. to be shown that they don't have a free will mm-hmm. that they need a savior and that jesus christ is a savior who can save them when nobody else can Mm-hmm. That's it. He's Lord. Amen. Yeah. And every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Every last one of them. Amen. Amen. And people get this notion that it's only in this lifetime that you can do that. Right. That's not true. There's nothing in the scriptures that teaches that. They grab one verse, I think it's in chapter 9 of Hebrews, right? That, uh, what is it? All right, let me find it here. Chapter 9 somewhere. I believe. I do believe, just to get get it quoted properly. I think that's where it is. I could be wrong there, too. Been wrong on a lot of things. Yeah. So Christ once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation but the verse before that is is, as it is appointed unto men once to die but after that the judgment so in that one verse they can't find it anywhere else in the bible on that one verse they are saying that there's only this lifetime this is how they interpret it only this lifetime that man can have the opportunity to be saved it's not saying anything like that at all right not even I'll close. No, not even close. But that's the one verse that they try to grab. And it's the only one that, that, that I've heard commented to me many times where, where you've only got this lifetime to be, to be saved. It's not true. It's not true and, at all. And they, they assume a lot of the time, too, that these, these deaths spoken of are all physical deaths. And right. that's not really how it is right. either. Right. Yeah. You're you're you in one sense you you die and you're brought to new life and then a lot of things have to be taken care of. A lot of things have to be that's the fire. Yeah. That's right. It's judgment. Yeah. It's the 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 new the new creation that comes up out after the death has to be corrected and straightened and grown properly this time the whole reason why the last one had to be killed was because it was corrupted and not corrected and straightened and taught and directed the son of man suffered yeah right he he learned obedience by the things that he suffered yeah and so So if he needed that how much more do we and he he was born he was born of the spirit 
Mm-hmm. Right? Born of the not spirit? Born, and not born in sin, like a lot of people say. Right. No. There was, ne- there was no sin with right. him at all. It was a virgin birth, and it was not a, a birth of the flesh. It was not by the will of the flesh or the will of man. It was God's sovereign sovereign act. Right. Yeah. And uh, sorry, I was having other thoughts about something else. Um, so I'm a little off track now. Um, but yeah, he was. He I, was I born... guess what I have here is contagious. Yeah, no kidding. I just, I just had some other thoughts, but I don't think we have time to share them. But um, he was, he was born of the spirit and still needed correction, instruction, pain, all that to become. And fulfill obedience. Amen. There's still there was still judgment there. Amen. Yes, that's right. He still experienced judgment of himself and received it instead yes. of protesting against it. Yes. And in receiving that judgment, not my will, correct, but yours be done. That's right. right. And in and which which is a confession in and of itself that his will wasn't necessarily where it was at. That's right. It wasn't necessarily wrong or sinful, but it wasn't that, God's will. That's right. And so the same thing happens to, to, you know, you can, you can die because we all have to die. And then after that, we enter into judgment, right? You die. There has to be a rebirth after that in the spirit. And then there's judgment. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember nearly as much judgment of my self before receiving the spirit as with after. For sure. He'll Not nearly. You with, he'll baptize you with. With uh, with the spirit and with fire, right? In that order, and and people often see receiving the spirit as some sort of Glorious, end of journey milestone. Yeah, euphoric experience. That's right. Uh uh-uh. uh It's like that's no no. That's that's when the bread goes in the oven. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like the, the dough is is there's no life in it, and then the leaven gets put in, and then it comes to life, and there's yeah. and then it's like. Here comes the roasting. Yeah. Before it's worth anything. And then after that, you're consumed. Yeah, right. <laughs> for the for the sustenance of others. Amen. For sure. Yeah. Maybe that's a good place to leave it. Good. All right, Martin, you have a good Sabbath. Yeah, you too. And everybody there? For sure. Okay. And everybody else. Yes. Listening, maybe by tomorrow, maybe it won't be the Sabbath, but we'll bless your Sabbath anyway. I want to say, I do want to say something else. Go for it. We know what we're talking about. It might look like we're a couple of, or, you know, maybe, maybe I look something like a bumbling old fool or whatever. I don't, it doesn't matter what you think, but we have the answers. We know who, we know who the Lord is. We know him personally. We have Mm. the answers for everything. It doesn't matter what it is. Believe us. Receive. Have faith in God. Not us. Have faith in God, but we know what we're talking about. We're coming here speaking the truth. Speaking the truth, not so that people will die or be destroyed. They have to die. They have to be destroyed. That's part Mm -hmm. of the good news. And the main part of the good news is that you experience the resurrection Mm -hmm. from that death. You have to repent. You have to come to the come to the Lord, humble yourself, and 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 if you if your heart is right, he'll he'll bring you through. 
and you'll have a new life. You'll have hope for the first time. You'll 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 have life. You'll have life. You don't have that without that. You just don't. And you don't have it in the churches. You just don't have it in the churches. And you know that. A lot of people in the in the churches know that. But they're just hanging on because they want to hang on to their social benefits, their incomes, their jobs, their friends, their relatives. They want to hang on to all that. You want to hang on to all that? The Lord says, if any man doesn't forsake any of those things, including right. children and wife and lands and houses and businesses, all those things, you have no part in me. Mm-hmm. What he said. If you if you think all it's going to take is a little bit of carburetor work to get that car going, you can have at it. You can keep yeah. trying. Yeah, but but you need to forsake that piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. It's not gonna. They're always looking for the the little cheap fix instead of just just paying the whole price and and yeah. getting getting a whole new thing. Yeah, and you know what? Three tires on a on a new car isn't enough. Right. You're not gonna go anywhere. Right. Got to be the whole thing. Yeah, it's got to be the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, I will stop watching you eating cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, thank you for, for everything. Thank you. Thank you for your mercy, your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for showing us the things that we, we've needed so much to know, to see, to hear, to comprehend. Thank you, Lord. Not our doing. Amen. Amen. Now see how I can turn this thing off here. Maybe somebody else turns turns the thing off here. And people, till till we meet again. We meet again. Amen. Yep. Amen.